You've heard me talk a lot about how we should be focused on becoming assets and purge anything that makes us a liability. This is an active and ongoing process. Active building of yourself only happens with conscious effort and planning. It doesn't happen by accident. In today's episode, I'll talk about how we can actively focus on becoming assets, what that actively looks like, and I'll share with you a huge pitfall that we should avoid. I don't watch much TV, but uh, over the last few weeks, I have become pretty obsessed with this show Below Deck. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it. If you are, then you know, excuse the repetitiveness here. Um, but anyway, this show deals with different yachting crews all over the world. There's like a Mediterranean one. There's a, a down under one for Australia. There's one that's focused solely on uh, sailing. And then there's one that's kind of like the the basic one uh, that deals with um, like Greece and the Mediterranean. It kind of goes all over the world. Um, but there's also an adventure one where they go on specific adventure uh, activities during the day. Super cool. I love watching shows or watching movies or reading books that kind of give me a peek behind the curtain into lives or uh, professions uh, or cultures that I normally wouldn't be exposed to. I mean, isn't that, isn't that what it's all about? Like learning about things you wouldn't normally be informed about. But anyway, this, this show really hooked me um, because it's showing the dynamic between uh, crew decks uh, or uh, I'm sorry, um, crews on these yachting companies and these, these yachting, these charters and so what happens is like the show will start and there's a bunch of different people that come on the boat as a part of the team. And so you have your captain who's in charge of the whole ship, right? Steering the ship, all of that. You've got your engineering team who is in charge of making sure that the ship runs smoothly. You've got your chef who obviously their job is to cook for, you know, the, the clients or the charters is what they call them. Um, you've got the deck crew, which consists of your bosun or like maybe your first officer, who's going to be in charge of all the things that happen outside the boat, like on the deck, uh, making sure that you're docking, making sure that you're taking the, uh, the jet skis off the boat, right. Or the, the tender, the, the smaller boat, uh, taking it off the, the big yacht and going to shore excursions, things like that. Cleaning the windows, cleaning the decks, making sure it's a safe environment outside on the exterior of the boat. Um, and then you have the interior, the stewards, uh, or the chief steward, the chief steward is like the lead of the stewards. And then you have stewards that work under that person. Uh, and their, their job is to make sure that the inside of the yacht looks amazing. Like everything is clean. Everything is sanitary. Things are looking beautiful. They're presented nicely, all of that stuff. So like vacuuming windows, tables, you know, bedding, laundry, all of it, all that stuff. And so all these people should be working in a cohesive team towards the ultimate goal, which is making sure that those people who charter these yachts have a wonderful time. And that's often reflected in the amount of tips that, that these crews receive from these people who are, who are chartering these yachts for like three days at a time, three days, two nights. Um, and this is like hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is like a five star experience. And so these tips are usually in excess of 15,000, anywhere from 15,000 to $20,000. Uh, it's pretty crazy. So the, uh, the, the, the yacht crew breaks up these, these, uh, 
these tips amongst each other and they use it to kind of go out and have a good time and all that stuff. But you know, there's, there's going to be drama, drama, a little bit of drama ensues. But the main reason I love watching this show uh, is for a, the, the scenery is absolutely beautiful. You get a, you get an amazing insight into like touring the world and, and seeing all of these different parts of the world, including Australia, Norway, Greece, all of that stuff. Um, which I just finished watching an episode on, on the Mediterranean uh, version, by the way. And this girl, this girl working as a deckhand, she's like, "Ew, I hate Greece. I just want to go home. Like these buildings are so old and gross." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? You're what? You're actively whining about being in the Mediterranean on a beautiful multi-million dollar yacht, traveling the world, like going to exotic locations and seeing beautiful things. It's so crazy to me how some of these people can be so entitled, but or ignorant." Um, but anyway, one of the really cool things that stuck out to me in this industry is that the, uh, the crew gets chosen by the, the person who owns the ship, right? And then, uh, or the captain gets chosen and the captain gets to choose his crew and he chooses his crew based on these binders or these, uh, these little dossiers that he receives from people who are wanting to get that contract work on that ship. And so they have this big binder that they, they basically just carry with them and it's got all of their credentials. It's got how much time they've served on other boats. It's got their performance reviews from the captains and the leaders on those ships. And it's got all of their, um, credentials as far as like deckhand certifications, international certification, like all of the certifications they could have that would make them look amazing and as an, look like an, a more of an asset is in this binder. And I freaking love that idea. I freaking love it. Um, imagine, imagine if the fire service worked this way. So you've got your captain of your, of your truck, right? And imagine if you would have people who would like to work with that captain kind of bid for that spot, right? Which is kind of already a thing, but the captain gets to look at this binder of credentials and binder of reviews, good or bad, and gets to make a decision as to what role they play and what responsibilities that they're going to have. Like, you know, we have our ranks of engineers, so you have different engineers and, and, you know, it gives the, the captain an insight as to how well this engineer has performed in the past. What are, what have they done to improve their skills? What are they doing now? to keep their skills fresh. Um, what are they, what are they looking forward to? Is there something on the horizon that they're looking forward to, to building themselves into more of an asset so that they can contribute to that crew? I just love this idea so much. I love the idea of creating a binder with all of your stuff in it that you can just carry with you and put it on the table and present it to someone. And they can just basically go through your story and, and learn about you. And I'm not even just talking about, uh, professional credentials. I like the idea of having personal profiles in here as well. Like things you like to do on your off duty days. Like what are your personal interests? Do you like movies? Do you like, uh, reading books? You know, all of that stuff, basically like a, a personal dossier on each member of your crew. I really loved that idea. And so I'm kind of doing, I'm kind of making moves to create my own binder 
if you will, or build my own binder. And, and in doing so, I hope to inspire you to build your own binder as well. But let me talk a little bit more about what this actually looks like. Um, there, there was an instance where a captain received one of his crewmates binders. And this guy was kind of taking on a, a lower level role, um, just like a, a deckhand role. And the captain saw in his binder that he wanted or that he had significant experience in, in leadership roles and leadership certifications and all of this stuff. And like being on big money vessels <clears throat> and uh, being successful in those things. And he was like, uh, the captain came to this guy and was like, look, I, I understand you want to be a, a deck crew here, like a crew hand, but I would love it if you could be um, like my first officer, your, your leadership credentials here show me that that I can trust you in doing these things on paper I can trust you um, but he presented him with the the thought that you know uh, your binder and this paper these credentials make me trust you in these things however your personality and how you're going to manage these people on a day-to-day -day basis are going to show me whether or not what's on this paper is is accurate. So he said, I'd like to give you the opportunity to be my first officer, which means you're in charge of the whole boat just under me, making sure that things run smoothly, that everybody's doing their jobs, that you're holding the, the chief steward accountable, excuse me, and that you're holding the bosun accountable, which is the the basically the the person in charge of the deckhands the deck crew and he was like awesome yeah i i would love that opportunity and and what an incredible way to instill responsibility in that person that person had spent time and effort over the years building themselves to become this credentialed individual who has these good marks in their history uh in their reviews about you know how they were able to manage these crews and how successful they were. So the proof is in the statistics, right? Like the proof is there. Um, but this captain gave him an opportunity to prove it to him as an individual and to make sure that uh, his personality and his leadership style meshed well. And I thought that was amazing. Like how often do people get looked over simply because, you know, they don't pass a test or um, they, maybe haven't been presented with the responsibility or asked to even be responsible in that capacity. I just thought that was a great, uh, that was a great, uh, action on that captain's part. And like he said, you know, it's, it's that individual's job to make sure and bridge the gap between what's on the paper and what that person actually does. And so, you know, I can consciously see as I'm watching this season of the, um, below deck Mediterranean, as I'm watching it, I'm witnessing this guy really take this role seriously. And like, he's not partying, he's not going crazy on the boat. He's focused on his job and he's focused on making sure that the people are safe that work there and the people that the charter the boat are safe and that they have an amazing time without being inappropriate and without stepping over that line of professional. And I got to tell you, there's, there's a couple people on this ship that are stepping over that line and, and they're, they're fraternizing with, the, the charter members, which is highly inappropriate. You know, they, uh, they're like grabbing people and touching people inappropriately, all that stuff. Like these are all things that, <laughs> that we see in the fire service, right? These, these inappropriate things that happen and they just kind of get brushed off. It's like, Oh, this is the fire service. You know, we're, we totally, you know, do these things inappropriately and like make these 
sexist jokes and all this stuff. And they try to act like it's just, it's just the job. But what a lot of people fail to understand is that you sat in front of a panel interview and tried to tell people that you wanted to be a working professional, that you wanted to, um, you know, be the best version of yourself that you could be and, and have the billboard of that organization's name on your back. And you sat there and you told them that you would do these things. And then you want to go and like shove a hot dog down your pants through your fly and have uh, another one of your guys like suck it out. That's real talk guys. That really happened. (laughs) And not only did that really happen, but like the person that did that got promoted And so there's like, there's this huge integrity gap between what the organization is saying it wants and what these people are saying they're willing to do and what they're actually doing. So I love the idea that, that like these captains, these leaders are providing these people with the opportunity to bridge that gap actively. Um, And that there is some, some form of like um, reference, right? The binder is that form of reference. Um, I don't know how many of you out there have, annual reviews, quote unquote, annual reviews. And I say that because like I've had annual reviews maybe like once every three to five years. So they're not really annual, but you guys get what I'm saying. Like sometimes the ball gets dropped and there's no accountability. And then uh, you're just kind of left to your own devices. You don't really get the feedback. And when those reviews do come around, it's kind of like the people are just phoning it in and checking the box. Well, we just got to make sure that we have this review in and I'm just going to put some, some bullshit stuff on your, uh, on your review so that, you know, it makes you look like you're, you're doing right, but you're not doing anything wrong. And you're just like milk toast, right? Status quo, like bullshit, like give me some real feedback, give me some real encouragement, but that real feedback and that real encouragement only comes when leaders invest real time in their people. And I'm talking about transformational leadership. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, but how do we bridge that gap between what's on that paper and what we're actually doing? One of the ways that I personally do it is that I make it a point to learn something new every year. Every year I'm learning something new. Whether it's about uh, you know Brett Contreras' book, Glute Lab, whether it's like how to grow my butt <laughs> or whether it's how to get promoted within an organization or how to identify your why and your purpose for what it is you do on a daily basis. Maybe it's learning how to play the guitar. I don't know. Just learn something new every year. If you're learning something new, you're growing. You're becoming an asset, right? Now, I'm not speaking just becoming an asset in your professional life. I'm talking about becoming an asset at home, I'm talking about becoming an asset uh, with your uh, other relationships, like your friendships, but work home and your outside work friendships all need to be nurtured. These are all areas where you need to be an asset. Like nobody wants the husband or wife that comes home and just sits on their fat ass and doesn't clean the house and doesn't, uh, you know, cook dinner and doesn't make sure that you know, things are in order. Nobody wants that person. That's out of balance, right? These are things. And I'm not saying like one person needs to do that over the other. I'm just saying nobody actively seeks that person out. Nobody does. People might settle for that person, but nobody actively seeks out someone who's not going to like 
do the dishes or who's going to leave a mess behind every time they eat. Nobody actively seeks that person out. Anyway, the idea is that you need to become an asset in every way that you can in your home life, most importantly, honestly, in your home life, and then in your work life and in your, your friendships outside of work. Um, one of the, one of the ways that I see this integrity gap getting bigger and bigger in the fire service. And that's just cause I have a front row seat to it. Uh, but <clears throat> I know it's happening in other, in other professions and other careers and other, uh, parts of the world, but, um, careerism, careerism is destroying the fire service. You want to know why you're having recruitment and retention issues. I'll tell you why it's because of the lack of, of genuine care for your people. It's the lack of transformational leaders, period. That's it. And for the people who are like, no, that's not true. There's so many factors that go into this. Oh, there's so many factors, budget and all this crap. It's like, you know what? It can all be boiled down to accountability. And those people who are making excuses and pointing at other elements and details as if those are the things causing our problems. Guess who's the one causing the real problems? The people who aren't taking accountability. It's that A word. It's that A word that the people in the fire service do not like. Accountability. That's why I'm such a proponent of owning it. Just own it, man. Just be like, you know what? Yeah, we have failed in in developing our our people and not just like the people we're picking to promote, not, not the people that we're just giving the answers to. And I'll tell you this, like side note, little detail, like I've seen people give a captain's study, like company officer book to other people that they want to get promoted. And, and in that captain's book, all of the answers from the test are highlighted. So when these people come out with like nineties on the test and nineties and above on the test, um, I'm not saying it can't be done without, uh, without true studying and, and perseverance, but when you openly see this happening, it's a problem. And you openly see people who, who can't even innovate somebody correctly, get promoted. It's just mind blowing. Like, first of all, get your own house in order. You don't have the right to, to, to be a leader within your organization if you can't even be a leader in your own home or in your own in your own sphere. And we'll, we'll get to that later too. But back to this idea of careerism. What is careerism? It's the policy or practice of advancing one's career often at the cost of one's integrity. You guys have seen it. I've seen it. We know it's there. And until there, there gets a light shined on it and a mirror put up in front of the people who are doing it, and some accountability happens, it will continue to erode and destroy the fire service from the inside out. And I'm not even just talking about the fire service. It will erode and destroy any organization who practices in this bullshit manner. Careerism is destroying the fire service. People are sacrificing their integrity, their health, their families, guys, their families, and their friends for promotions. They're stepping on the faces, putting down the people who actually have a vested interest in helping them get better. I, I reached out to a guy who was struggling and, uh, he asked me, well, how do you, how do you operate? How do you, how do you make sure that you, you know, stay away from these things and keep balanced? And I told him, you know, I operate off of these four flames. I keep these four flames lit so that I have my fire burning bright and it's fitness, intellect, relationships, and energy. And I broke it down for him on my little whiteboard. And I was like, these are different categories that I pay attention to. So I make sure that I'm growing and I'm not dying. 
And uh, I take daily uh, actions in each of those categories to make sure that I'm progressing and taking those small steps towards those quarterly goals every year. So every quarter I have those goals and you guys are going to hear me talk about the forge forever. It's the thing now guys like it. So get used to it. Um, but this is literally a framework and a program that has helped me accomplish amazing things and be successful in my life in the things that I want to be successful in. And, and, and I laid it out for this guy for free. I totally was like, man, I will coach you in this totally for free. You know, you're a part of my organization. We can do this together. I'll be your support. This is awesome. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's too hard. That's something I'm just not going to do. I'm not going to do that. Well, cool, man. You know, I guess take the easy route then. And you know what? It, it's working for him professionally. But uh, when, when your family is falling apart. You can't father your children appropriately. Your, your relationship or your baby mama relationship is, is not working out so well. You know, maybe your, your wife or your husband, maybe there's some, some barricades there or some issues there that aren't being resolved. Who's truly successful. If your family life is, is, is the penance for you getting your promotions at work, like is that worth it? Some people it is. Some people it is. And to me personally, that's sad. That's sad to me because I witnessed a retiring fire chief at his retirement party or whatever, um, see his grandkids and see, you know, them there and not be able to name them. Didn't even know his grandkids names, flubbed them up. It's despicable to me. It's despicable. Because now this guy is retired, right? He was, he was a fire chief and like he's retired and what has he really got to show for it? Like a family that doesn't really want him around people that don't really want him around. Like he's just kind of sitting there stroking his chief's helmet as he slowly steps into his grave. Like how sad is that? It's just to me in, in the words of the, the stoic Sophocles, I would rather fail with honor than succeed by fraud. We should not be promoting people who don't have their own house in order. The people who are, who are focused on their families and building principles within the walls of their home, maintaining that integrity, talking about respect, safety, accountability. These are core values that tie a family unit together and build the family unit to make sure that they can succeed in this disgusting terrible, fickle world. Those principles will bleed over into their professional lives. And when that happens, that should be rewarded. Not some jump through these hoops. And then once you jump through all these hoops, then we'll decide subjectively whether or not, you know, we will recommend or won't recommend you. Like if you, if you, if you've been successful in the interview, you've been successful in the practical or tactical portion, successful in those things. And then you, you get to the point where you're at the end. And this, this happened to a friend of mine, you're successful. And then at the end, they just are like, well, we still don't want you to be promoted. So we're not going to recommend that you be promoted. I mean, that's totally messed up. The guy proved himself right? Not only did he prove himself, but he maintained his integrity throughout the whole thing. And we're pushing people out that do that. And it's sad. It's sad. And it's causing people a not to even want to join the fire service and B they're wanting to leave early. 
So you want to you wanna know how you can recruit and retain people? Get your shit in order. Get your house in order. And then come to me and, and then come to us with a plan. Come to people with a plan for like ownership and owning it. Like, you know what? We understand that our, this is an issue. Recruitment and retention is an issue. And this is what we're planning on doing. Because guess what? This whole idea of like, this is how we've always done it and sitting back in your chair and being like, well, we're the fire service. People should be banging down our door to come work for us. Like how freaking egotistical is that? Like you should be ashamed of yourself if you have that thought. Like how disgusting, how egomaniacal, like just unbelievable. But these, these attitudes and these egos exist and they're not only existing, they're getting rewarded and validated. They're getting validated. And, and the result is lack of recruitment and lack of retention. The result is the fire service falling apart from the inside out. So take some time to make a conscious plan on how you'll grow over the next year. And the best way to do this is to break it into quarters, right? Put a focused effort on your health and wellness. Make an investment in yourself. How can you expect other people to make an investment in you if you aren't willing to make an investment in yourself? That's hypocrisy, right? Fitness, intellect, relationships, and energy. These are the four flames that will help your inner fire burn bright. Join the forge to be a part of a growing number of people who are looking to refine themselves into the version of themselves that they want to be. They're bridging that gap, guys. And I'm right there with you. Inside the forge, we work together to make sure we've got strategies in place to close that gap. So click the link in the show notes to fill out a quick questionnaire that'll give me a better idea of who you are and the things you'd like to accomplish. And I'll personally reach out to you and share with you how the forge is structured and what I can do to help you get to where you want to be. I look forward to meeting you. And uh, that honestly wraps it up for today's episode. Build your binder. Guys, get out there and build your binder. Learn something new. Get a new certification. Gain an understanding. Read a book. Stack these wins in your favor. Put them in your binder. Like make a physical binder. Make a physical copy. Put it all in there. Write out a profile of like your likes and dislikes, pet peeves, just things about you that you would want to know about your crew. Put it in there. But anyway, take action on that thing, guys. Take steps toward it. Go out. Step one. What's step one? Get a binder, right? (laughs) Oh, man small steps guys i hope you've enjoyed today's episode and and that it's inspired you to make progress without having an unattainable expectation here um if you enjoyed the show please do me a favor give it a quick rating on apple podcasts this helps the show grow it helps people see it who otherwise wouldn't and it helps make sure that i can continue doing what i'm doing and providing you the content that i am so thanks again and until next time if you see a need own it and take action Feed those four flames that make your fire burn bright and be the person you want on your crew. Be the person you want to be around. Be the person that you would want to have guiding you in your organization. Be ignited. <laughs>